mercy and grace, aren't you tonight? Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 130 tonight, Psalm chapter 130. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord tonight. And such an honor and joy to be able to preach for Brother Malcolm tonight. And I was actually shocked when he called me on Friday and uh, said, Brother Billy, what you got going on on Wednesday night? And I, our, our family right now back at home, we are in the middle of a big food drive that we're trying to feed about six or 700 different families uh, in the uh, Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area uh, for Christmas. And uh, we started this uh, food drive back in 2015. The first time we fed about 30 families, I, I told my family, I said, hey, let's get together. I said, we'll raise some canned goods, try to help some families that are struggling and hurting. And, uh, and so anyhow, so we fed 30 families and I was so impressed with the people that gave and all the families that we were able to help. And so, uh, we went ahead the following year and, uh, was able to feed 110 families. Then the following year it went to 170 families and then it's just continued to grow and grow. And last year we fed just over 600 families last year. Amen. And six people gave their heart to the Lord last year. Amen. And not only, not only are we feeding the families, but we're also working with disabled veterans as well. There's a place in Gary, Indiana. It's, a, it's literally a disabled veterans village. And um, so these men and women live there. And so it's amazing uh, what they're doing. And so we try to help them as well. We're working with two rescue missions, one Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago. Uh, D.L. Moody was the one that named that place uh, back over 140 years ago. Travis and I have preached there together. And, uh, and so anyhow, we're working with them, working with another rescue mission in Hammond, Indiana, uh, trying to help a battered women's shelter uh, as well. And uh, we're also uh, working with uh, Brother Kenny Marr. He's a good friend of ours. It's down in um, Washington, Georgia, near Athens. And uh, Brother Kenny and his family raised $20,000 this past year. And they decided to go to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. And they are there working with some of the Indian reservations that are there. Our family was there in 2020, and we saw the work that was going on. And we were absolutely amazed. And so Brother Kenny's up there right now passing out bicycles and preaching the Word of God. Amen. And so our family has also invested in that ministry. And then there's a young lady that we know in Lahore, Pakistan as well. And her name is Anna Hyatt. And uh, Anna, have, we've been friends with her on Facebook, our whole family, since uh, back in maybe 2010 or maybe 11. And uh, her family is running an orphanage in Pakistan. And uh, they are doing a tremendous job uh, taking young ladies that have been uh, mistreated. And I'll not go into all of the things that when I, you can just imagine when I say mistreated. And, uh, and so this orphanage is coming in and they are rescuing these girls. They're trying to educate them and help them. And so they do a food drive as well. And so anyhow, so we have decided to help them as well and have been for the last couple of years. So it's just amazing what God's been doing with our family. We've been in missions and evangelism uh, for right at 21 years now. And I've been traveling uh, probably about, I'd say maybe, uh, man, 30 to 35,000 miles a year. We're usually 230 or 40 nights a year on the road. And so anyhow, so when he told me, when Brother Malcolm said, hey, could you come preach for me Wednesday night, for me to just jump on a plane and just come to Alabama, this is like going to the grocery store for me, amen? I mean, we just traveling all the time. And so anyhow, so I was thrilled to get to come. It's been about nine or ten years since we've been here. And so we're just thrilled to be able to be with you guys tonight, amen? So I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to Psalm chapter 130 tonight, Psalm chapter 130. And as you're turning there, one of the funny things that I remember about the last time that I was here is uh, our family came here and we sang on a, on a Wednesday night service. 
And uh, Brother Malcolm uh, had the clock on the back of the wall there. And he told me, he says, now, Brother Billy, he says, you come up here, you sing, you preach, you dance, you do whatever you want to do. He says, but I'm going to tell you this. He, and he said this in front of everybody. He said, when that clock hits zero, you can keep singing, you can keep preaching, but there's going to be a mass exodus, he said, that is going to exit out of here. And me, we're all, we were all laughing about that and thought that was hilarious. So I see that clock, amen. So I want to pay attention to that and get right into the word of God, all right? Let's all stand in reverence to God's word as we look at Psalm chapter chapter 130 together and let's see what God's got for supper tonight. All right. The Bible says out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou Lord shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. I love this. For with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption. Amen. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. That being correctly read, that is Psalm chapter 130 verses 1 through 8 tonight. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of the word of God tonight. I want to just preach on this thought tonight with the Lord being our help tonight. He will answer when you pray. He will answer when you pray. Let's pray and ask the Holy Ghost to help us tonight. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Lord, we thank you for letting us be in the house of God tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, that we are able to gather in your name one more time. And Father, we are forever thankful, God, for this great church the great ministry, God, that is right here in Coleman, Alabama. God, what a tremendous work and the souls that have been impacted, lives that have been touched and changed because of this ministry. And Lord, I just thank you for it. And I pray that you continue to bless it. God, I pray that you give them, Lord, whatever they need, the members that make this place up. I pray whether it's a physical need, emotional, financially, spiritually, mentally, whatever it is, God, I pray that you'd meet the needs of every family in this place. Then, Father, I want to specifically pray for Brother Malcolm and Brother Travis and those that are in Israel. Father, I pray that, God, you would protect them and watch over them and keep them safe, Lord, as they are away from their families. And, Lord, uh, uh, learning, Lord, more about you to be able to apply that and to help others. And so, God, I pray that you continue to bless them as well. And, Father, again, we just want to tell you that we love you. And, Lord, and listen, Lord, if there's anything, anything at all whatsoever, Lord, that is between you and I, whether it's my thoughts, whether it's my words, whether it's my deeds. Father, I pray, dear God, that, Lord, you'd forgive me. God, and I pray that you'd scrub me up. God, and I pray that I'd be a vessel meet for the master's use. And God, I pray, Father, that, Lord, you would help me to preach the word of God tonight. Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you, Father, I pray that, God, the Holy Ghost of God, Lord, would come by, Lord, and speak to their heart. God, if there's somebody that's walked in here tonight with a burden, Father, I pray that you'd help them tonight. And Father, we just want to tell you we love you, Lord. Thank you for letting us be in the house of God tonight. Lord, we'll talk to you later. In Jesus' name, we'll pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you all so very, very much. You know, I want you to know that uh, somebody asked me one time, they said, do you think that the Lord loves music? And I said, absolutely, the Lord loves music because the biggest book in the Bible is a hymn book. Can I get an amen right there? And uh, the book of Psalms, I can tell you that there's all kinds of reasons why the book of Psalms has been written. 
Uh, when you begin to take a look at some of the reasons why some of these songs were offered up as praise, some of them were offered up as a song of worship, some of them were to celebrate a national celebration, some of them were given because they were celebrating independence over their enemies. There's all kinds of reasons. In fact, I think about Psalm chapter 51 when David offered up a song of repentance unto the Lord. And so there's all kinds of reasons why the book of Psalms has been written. But I also want you to understand tonight that this particular psalm tonight is one of those psalms that helps us to understand that this is just another individual that's just like me and just like you that is going through a terrible tragedy in their life. They're going through a heartache. They're going through some struggles. And uh, the psalmist begins to offer up this prayer of the things that he was dealing with in his life, number one, but also, number two, to help us to understand that in the midst of the tragedy and in the midst of the trial and in the midst of all that was going on in his life, thank God he was able to find hope and refuge in the Lord. Amen. And so I want to just take a few moments tonight and I want to go through some of these verses tonight as time will allow us. And I want to just take a look tonight at what was going on in this psalmist's heart. And I want you to notice in verse number one, the Bible tells you and I, he says these words, he says, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Now the word cried here in this text, I want you to understand that this was not some type of a random outburst that was given. It wasn't the type of cry that if you were putting a a nail into the wall and you came by and you struck your thumb uh, with that or maybe you fall down and hurt yourself. It's not that type of a cry. In fact, when the Bible tells you and I that this man began to cry, uh, the word cry here carries the idea uh, that it was coming from an inner place of grief, an inner place of grief. And we know that based upon what he said in verse number one, when he says, out of where? The depths, he says, have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Now, when we take a look at the idea of what he was telling us here in verse number one, when he says the words here, uh, out of the depths, as the best way that I can illustrate it is basically it was a place that nobody else could see. It was a place that his wife didn't know about. It was a place that his children didn't know about. It was a place, my friend, that his grandchildren didn't know about, that the pastor didn't know about, that the person sitting in the seat next to you did not know about. He says, this is coming from an inner place of grief. I am crying out to the Lord and this thing is down deep inside of who I am and where I am living. I was thinking the other day, my wife and I, we had a phone call here. Oh, I guess maybe it was several years ago. The girls were obvious. My daughters were little. And, uh, and uh, I remember that it was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. And he said, hey, he says, I'm in town. And he says, I want to swing by and I want to see you for a few moments. And uh, he goes, I, I can be there in about 20 minutes. Well, my wife and I was looking inside of the house there. And my wife, if you knew her, I mean, you could walk to the back of the refrigerator and you could go like this and there is no dust. That's just my wife. Amen. So I've got to constantly be on my P's and Q's. Can I get an amen right there? And so anyhow, so she, but this particular day, the girls had been playing, my three daughters, they had been playing all through the house. There was toys scattered everywhere. There was a little bit of laundry that was piled up. And man, we just hadn't gotten it done. And so when we found out they were coming by, what do you think we did? 
We took all that stuff and we found the nearest bedroom and we chucked it all inside of that bedroom and we shut the door and then we put yellow caution tape over it. Amen. And uh, when my buddy came by, he was like, oh, this is a lovely home. You have such a nice place here. What's inside of there? I said, my wife said, you can't go in there. Don't you dare go in that room. And, uh, and how many times have we done that? I'm sure that I'm not the only spiritual one in here. Amen. I'm sure all of you have done that before that just take something and just throw it inside of the closet so nobody else can see it. Well, I want you to understand that's the idea of this text here. It's the idea that there were things that were piling up inside of his life. And uh, here's the thing that I learned, especially when we threw all that stuff uh, in that bedroom that night. I learned that there's going to be a time that we're going to have to walk in there and we're going to have to start prioritizing. And I learned also that we're going to have to pick the toys up and we're going to have to get the laundry together. And pretty soon that mess is going to have to get cleaned up. Or friend, listen, it'll just continue to do what? Just to pile up on it. That's the idea of the text here tonight. He says, out of the depths am I crying unto thee, O Lord. I want to ask you a question tonight. What is it, my friend, that is inside maybe of your closet tonight that needs to be cleaned out? Is there something down inside of your heart and inside of your life that is causing you uh, to literally, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when uh, you think about it all day long, there's just some things in your life that you know that you have been piling up. It's a stockpile of things that you know that you need to deal with tonight. Maybe you are here tonight and maybe there was just a selfish decision that has your life completely turned upside down. Maybe you are here tonight and maybe it's a misplaced priority. There were times when you went to church. There were times when you took and read your Bible. There were times when you got together and you prayed with your family. There were times when things of the Lord were much more important than the pull of the world and the compromise of the world. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe there's a rebellious moment in your life. You look back on your life and that one particular rebellious moment uh, that you decided to go after, it has your life absolutely turned upside down. And not only has it turned your life upside down, but it has affected those that are around you. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe there's jealousy in your life. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's resentment and hostility. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's worry and anguish. Maybe you're dealing with temptation in this place tonight. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe you're dealing with bitterness in your life. Maybe Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe it's loneliness. It's procrastination. It's depression. It's anger. It's bitterness, friend, fear. I have no idea what is down inside of your closet tonight, but I do know this. There is help tonight from the Lord. Amen. And there is help tonight, my friend, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're dealing with tonight, you can come, hallelujah, and give it over to the Lord. And the psalmist in this terrible desperation, he says, Lord, I'm crying out. He says to you, but I want you to notice what he cries out in verse number two. He says, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Now, I want you to understand tonight that we know that maybe you have in this service. I'm sure many times, maybe when Pastor Malcolm uh, decided to take a prayer request. How many times has that happened in church? Amen. Where maybe he took a prayer request. And we took time to pray for that individual. That is what you and I would call a supplication. It is a prayer request, if you will. 
And the Bible tells you and I here in verse number two, he says, Lord, he says, please, I'm asking you to hear the voice, he says, of my supplication. Lord, I'm giving you this prayer request. Lord, I'm giving this thing over to you that is down deep inside of my heart and deep inside of my life. And what he was doing is he was looking for a specific answer, if you will, to the particular issues that was going on in his life. I want you to know tonight that when I begin to take a look at this verse, it is amazing to me uh, that he wanted the undivided attention of the Lord. Now, here is the Lord. I want you to know, by the way, he's the creator. He's the sustainer and he's the motivator of the entire universe. Amen. And it's amazing to me that this man felt like, and now if, we, if this man was alive today, there's 8 billion people on planet earth right now. 8 billion. And do you realize tonight that, listen, if this man was alive, I believe that he would probably not change a thing. I believe he would come to the Lord and he would say, listen, Lord, right now I've got a mess going on in my life. And right now, I need your undivided attention. I know you're the creator. I know you're the sustainer. I know you're the motivator of the entire universe. And Lord, I know you're trying to prioritize 8 billion things. But Lord, right now, I need you to perk up and pay attention to me. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm telling you, when I read that, it excites me because it's amazing to me that that is the personal relationship that we have with our God tonight. Amen. That listen, listen, I, I know you hear prayer requests. You hear things going on. And listen, when somebody's got something going on, you say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. You got something going on in your life. I'm going to pray for you. And you start to have some compassion on that individual. But boy, when it's going on in your life, when it's going on in your life, if you're the one who's dealing with it, if you're the one that's going through it, boy, you're wanting God to do something. You're wanting somebody to give you confidence, friend, that they are going to pray for you. Well, the Bible tells you and I that the Lord, he comes to the Lord. He says, Lord, he says, uh, he says, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. I'm burning inside. Lord, there's something going on inside of my life that I feel like I I can't go on. And God, I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of holding on to the struggle. Lord, I need you to come by and intervene in my life. Is there somebody like that tonight here? So somebody at Fairview tonight that's watching tonight? Friend, is there somebody here, my friend, that is saying to yourself tonight, preacher, you're ringing my number up tonight. I've got some stuff going on in my life. My wife don't know. My husband doesn't know. My children don't know. My grandchildren don't know. But boy, I've got so much brokenness on the inside of my life. And I I need God to come by and help me in my time of need. And you go on into verse number three. And you see the certainty of God's watchful perception. But the certainty of God's wondrous pardon as well. In verse number three, it's amazing to me what he says. He says, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I want you to know that one man of God was asked one time, he said, if you were, he said, preacher, if you were to summarize all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, if you could summarize all the Bible in just one or two verses, what verses would you choose in the word of God to summarize the entire Bible? And that old preacher stood back for just a moment. And he said, well, 
He says, I think I would use Psalm chapter 130, verse number 3, and verse number 4. And he said, the reason why, he says, because in verse number 3 is the complete understanding that this man that was holding on to this stuff in his life, that he needed to repent, and he needed to get right with God, and he needed to let go of what was causing him trouble inside of his heart and inside of his life. But you see, in verse number four, it indicates to you and I that once he realized that, that there was hope and there was forgiveness in the Lord. And I suppose that is the summary of all of the word of God tonight. Amen. That in the pages, thank God, of this blessed old book tonight, I want you to know that this Bible has the ability tonight to be able to show me and show you exactly where we are at and what is wrong in our life. But I'm also thankful tonight that this Bible also has the ability to be able, friend, to give you and I the hope that we need and the salvation that we need and the answers that we need when Oprah cannot help me, when Dr. Phil cannot help me, when the philosophies of Hollywood cannot help me. I'm thankful tonight, hallelujah, that the Lord Jesus Christ, he can help us tonight, amen. Yes, he is a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace tonight. Amen. Friend, are you looking for peace tonight? Are you looking tonight, friend, to be able to lay some things down in your life? You're not experiencing revival. You're not experiencing the blessings of the Lord. You feel like you're on the outside perimeter of everything that God is trying to do. It seems like for everybody else, but not for you tonight. Could it be that all you've got to do is reach down inside of that closet and pull out, my friend, what is going on in your life tonight? And man, hey, give that thing over to the Lord tonight. Could it be that you could walk out of here tonight skipping and leaping and jumping and praising God? that God finally took the mess that was going on in your life and gave you some relief in your heart and life tonight. Could it be tonight? Could it be tonight? I want you to know that I'm amazed when I see verse number three, what this man understood. He said, if thou Lord shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Now, when I saw the words here in the text, if thou Lord Shouldest mark iniquity. I thought to myself, now hang on a second. What do you mean if? Doesn't the word of God already indicate to you and I that every sin, that every thought, every word, every deed, that God knows exactly what it is? That God, that, that nothing is going to be able to escape the observation of God tonight? Doesn't the Bible still say in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20 that therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin that Romans 3.23 still says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that Psalm 143 and verse number 2 tells you and I and enter not into judgment with thy servant for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. If that be the matter of fact of the statements tonight, then why is it, friend, that the psalmist put the word if in front of his statement? If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? And I begin to do a word study on these words, and I was amazed at what I saw. I want you to know that, friend, it's not that the Lord does not know. He certainly does know tonight. He knows everything about us. Amen. I would say that he knows the hair on our head, but for some of us, it's a little easier. Can I get an amen? But God knows everything about us, doesn't he? 
And so, friend, we, we understand tonight that, listen, it's not that the Lord is taking all of this and holding it against you and I forever. But it is help, to help you and I to see and to understand that he sees all and he knows all. And it's indicated in the words here. He says, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquity. The word shouldest mark there. When you go back and you look at it from the, from the Hebrew perspective, you're going to find out that it is where we get our word watchtower from. Watchtower. So the idea here of this text, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquity. In other words, Lord, if you're the one who is in the watchtower and Lord, you see all and Lord, you know all and nothing is escaping your observation. Nothing can hide from who you are. He tells you and I, he says, then who in the world can stand? How can we stand? How can we continue to hold on to this stuff inside of our hearts and inside of our lives, friend, and think that we can get away with it? My mother went home to be with the Lord and my daddy, both of them. My mom died in April 2019. My father died two days before Thanksgiving in 2019. I lost them seven months apart. I didn't lose them. I know where they're at. Hallelujah. They're with Jesus tonight. But my mama used to say to me when I was in high school, she would say to me as I was walking out the door and go hang out with my friends, she would always say, hey, I got one thing I want to say to you before you leave, boy. I said, yes, ma'am, what is that? Be sure your sins will find you out, she said. And I used to say to myself, why does that crazy woman have to say that every solid time I walk out the door? It is because, friends, she was teaching me a very scriptural, biblical, valuable lesson. Son, when you walk out that door, daddy might not see it. Mama might not see it. The preacher might not see it. Those around you might not see it. But I want to remind you, son, that God sees it and knows it. So you know what? You can go out there and act a fool if you want. But you know what? Be sure your sins will find you out. Friend, may I say to you, that's the idea of this text. That's what this man learned. He was learning, Lord, how in the world? I'm trying to hide this. I might be trying to, I might have done a good job trying to hide it from everybody else that's around us. There was a group back in the 50s called the Platters. Maybe some of you might have remembered them. Some of you young people are thinking, man, oh man, there's an old guy up there preaching tonight. I wasn't even born in the 50s, but I do remember a song they did, a song called The Great Pretender. And that song, The Great Pretender, that's what the, the whole thing was about. The premise of this guy's life is he was just a pretender. He, everybody, everything looked good on the surface. Everything looked all right on the outside. But friend, down deep inside, he was hurting. He was the great pretender. Maybe you've walked in this place tonight and maybe you're tired of being the great pretender. Maybe you have walked in here tonight and friend, man, you are just fed up with Satan constantly throwing every solid, fiery dart that he can throw at you. And you're saying, God, I need a reprieve tonight. God, I need some help in my life. I want to encourage you tonight to stop trying to hide it from God tonight. Amen? Maybe all you need to do is come tonight and give it to him. In verse number four, I love what verse four says. Oh, one of my favorite verses in all of the word of God. The Bible tells you and I, but there is forgiveness with thee. Hallelujah. There is forgiveness with thee. The word forgiveness here 
It comes from the Latin Vulgate. It is the word propitio. It is where you and I get that great Bible word propitiation from. You may remember there in uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Amen. The word propitiation just carries the idea of a sacrifice. It carries the idea of a pardon. It carries the idea that yes, there is forgiveness. There is propitiation tonight in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man is standing, I'm sure, on the mountaintop. And boy, he's praising God because the very thing that had been holding him back when he realized that there was no way, no way, no way whatsoever that he could hide that thing from God. Hallelujah. He gave it to the Lord and he found hope. He found refuge. He found strength in the Lord. Hallelujah tonight. Friend, may I say to you, one of the things that a sitting president does before they leave or a sitting governor, one of the things that they do is they have the power before they leave office. They've always had the power while they're in office. But one of the last acts that many of them do is they will grant a pardon. And that pardon, when that pardon is granted, it doesn't matter what what their crime was. It doesn't matter how far they've gone. It doesn't matter how horrific the crime may have been. If the president or a governor, sitting governor from a state, if they place a pardon on that individual, that slate for that crime is completely wiped clean. Amen. And thank God it can never be brought up. It can never be charged again. I want to remind you that's why Jesus went to Calvary. Amen. Because, friend, every thought, every word, every deed that you and I have ever committed in our life, I'm thankful tonight that the Lord himself. Thank God granted that pardon. He forgave me from the top of my bald head to the bottom of my feet tonight. Amen. And I'm here to thank God. Come by here in Coleman, Alabama tonight to tell a bunch of people tonight that, listen, you don't have to sit around in the mully grubs of life. You don't have to sit around, my friend, thinking that there's no hope and there's no peace. There is, thank God, hope in the Lord tonight. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah tonight. One man of God offered these words. He said these words. He said, when we come before God, the ground of our hope is not that we can justify ourselves, Not that we can prove we have not sinned. Not that he can explain our sins away. Not that we can offer an apology for them. It is only in a coming clean and full confession to God that we can ever have hope that he will forgive them. He who does not come in this manner can have no hope of acceptance of God. But there is, hallelujah, forgiveness with the Lord tonight. Why? That thou mayest be feared, he says. That thou mayest be feared. I can tell you that when I was growing up in Hammond, Indiana, my daddy, I'm going to tell you, he was an old Tennessee boy. My daddy, it was nothing for him to pull out a hickory switch about that long. Amen. And if he did, and if, and sometimes he would send us to go hit, get the hickory switch. And if we didn't get the right one, he was bringing a tree. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, that's just kind of the daddy that I had. And uh, one of the things that we learned is my daddy, thank God, he never beat me. I didn't have to be scared of my father when he walked in like I couldn't even approach him. But no, there was a great reverence for my father. I I reverence my father. I miss him every day. 
But I want you to know that's the idea of this word. You see, friend, you and I don't have to be afraid to approach God. You don't have to be afraid. You might, somebody may come in here tonight and say, whoa, whoa, time out. Brother Billy, you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea what I'm dealing with. You have no idea what I have done. You have no idea how far I have ran with this thing. It has basically destroyed my life. Friend, I want to remind you tonight that you don't have to be scared to approach God tonight. (laughs) You can cast all your cares upon him tonight because the Bible says he cares for you. You see, that's why he went to Calvary, folks, because he loved us so much. In fact, Romans 5, 8 says that God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The word commendeth in the text there in the old King James, the word commendeth there just basically carries the idea there that God illustrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still steeped in our wickedness and in our sin, the Bible said he died for us. Amen. But yet people go by every solid day and they reject the love of Christ. They reject the sacrifice that Christ provided at the cross of Calvary. Friend, may I say to you tonight, I would encourage you tonight to stop rejecting and just bring it to Jesus tonight. We sing an old song my family does that says, take it to Jesus. He knows, he feels, he cares. And no one does it better when your life is in need of a repair. Friend, may I say to you, I'm glad tonight that Jesus repaired my life tonight, aren't you? I want to do this in closing tonight. I'm going to skip a couple of verses. I want to just give you real quickly what this man learned. You know, he got so excited. He got so excited uh, about what the Lord had done for him. So excited. He was messed up inside. He's telling us what was going on. He begins to cry out to God. He felt like that was the remedy, crying out to God. He realized that there's no way that what he was holding on to that no one knew about uh, was going to escape the observation of God. So what did he do? He finally just let go of it, gave it to God. And what he found is he found hope and refuge and peace and strength and forgiveness in the Lord. And so because of that, he was so excited about what he had learned from God. As the Bible tells you and I here in verse number seven, he says these words in verse seven. He said, let Israel hope in the Lord. Can't you just see this guy coming down to the streets there in downtown uh, uh, Jerusalem? And there he is. And he's talking to all these people. And he's like, hey, let me tell you, I heard about something you're dealing with and going through. I heard about all the stuff going on in your life. Hey, I come by here to tell you what God did for me and how God picked me up and how God dusted me off and how God was able to help me in my time of need. Hey, here's what I want you to know, Israel. Number one, there is hope in the Lord tonight. Amen. There is hope tonight. Oh, friend, I want you to know that, listen, again, Washington's doing everything they can do to try to tell you and I that there's hope in Washington. They're trying to tell you and I there's hope in Hollywood. Oh, but the songwriter said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust a sweeter name, but wholly lead on Jesus' name. On Christ, on Christ, on Christ tonight, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Amen. May I say to you, my hope is in Christ tonight. 
And he comes by to let them know that there is hope in the Lord. And with the Lord, thank God, there is mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, I want you to know, listen, I should have died and went to hell a long time ago. But I'm glad, thank God, of the mercy of God. I'll never forget the night, hallelujah, that I came by my mom in my daddy's bedroom. And I knocked on the door. And I said, Daddy, I said, I'm lost. I need Jesus. Uh, Daddy, please show me how to be saved. And as soon as I said that, my mother jumped out of that bed begin to pray the fire down from heaven. She said, Lord, save my boy. Save my boy. Save my boy. My daddy grabbed his Bible off the nightstand. He said, son, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Son, take a look at this verse. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was that night, thank God, that the high sheriff of heaven came by and arrested my heart and saved me and set me free. And friend, I'm telling you, I came by tonight to tell you about the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God tonight. Amen. Hallelujah tonight. Mercy. But my ho- the favorite part of this entire text to me is what he said next. <laughs> when he says these words, he says, and with him is plenteous, <laughs> plenteous redemption, he says. Now, I'm going to just say this real quick. <laughs> if that text would have read, and without doing any disregard to the word of God, If the word plenteous would have been taken out of the text and it would have read this way, let Israel hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy and with him is redemption. We could shout it out to the house. We could say hallelujah. We could say glory to God because that's exactly right. It's still correct. But for some of us hardheads, that just cannot realize just how much redemption that the Lord has given to us, what does the Holy Spirit do? He puts an adjective in front of the noun to give us a description of just how much redemption that there actually is. And so I wasn't smart enough to figure all that out, so what did I do? I went to my trusty thesaurus. And I grabbed my thesaurus out of my library. And man, I went ahead and opened that up. And I looked up the word plenteous. And I found out that there were some words that closely relate to the word plenteous. And as I begin to see some of these words that related to the word plenteous, oh, I'm telling you, you should have seen me in my little 12 by 12 office. Oh, I'm telling you, me and the Lord was having a big time. Amen. The word plenteous. We've got the word abundant redemption. We've got the word bountiful redemption. We've got the word overflowing redemption. We've got the word substantial redemption. We've got the word wealthy uh, redemption. We've got the word generous uh, redemption. They even had one in Spanish. Muy mucho, hallelujah, means very, very much, amen. No end of, rolling in, rich. Here's what we'll all get. Plate is full, hallelujah, of redemption, amen. Do I need to go on tonight? Friend, again, I don't care how far you've gone, how far you've ran tonight. 
There is hope tonight in the Lord. Amen. There's forgiveness in him. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what the world has said. I don't care, my dear friend, what everybody else around you has turned their back on you. The Lord Jesus Christ promised you and I thank God he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. There's hope tonight. There's hope tonight. That's why I say to you tonight, listen, if you need to be rescued from resentment, if you need to be rescued from guilt, anger, fear, worry, jealousy, prejudice, pride, depression, loneliness, bitterness, temptation, the crack pipe, the meth lab, the money, the pornography, the alcohol, the family problem, the marital problem, I don't care what it is, there is hope in the Lord tonight. Amen. Brother Malcolm and Brother Travis went to Victory Baptist Church for college there in North Augusta. And Dr. Larry Brown was one of the greatest preachers I ever heard. And I remember Dr. Brown one time was kind of preaching on these lines. And I remember Dr. Brown telling a bunch of people, he said, I've seen God take him from the mire and put him into the choir. Amen. I've seen God taken from punk to preacher, from the tavern to the temple, from passing on God to passing out tracts, from broken to mended, from wicked to worship, from alcoholic to angelic, from thief to tither, from the crack house to the church house, from the heroin crowd to the heavenly crowd, to the dope crowd, thank God, into the hope crowd, and from the Budweiser crowd to the Lotweiser crowd. Why? Because, Red, there is hope in Jesus tonight. So what are you holding on to? Are you really going to walk out of another service holding on to that junk you've been holding on to for so long? Are you really going to get in your car one more service and go to the house, my dear friend, after hearing what God did for this man in this text and what God's done for me and we start looking around at what God has done for others? Are you really going to get in your car another night and go home and continue to let Satan spoon feed you all of this junk when you cannot hide it from God? So you may as well turn it over and give it to him tonight. Amen. Because, friend, there is hope. The old songwriter said, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. 